Set it up good. Set it up good. Set it up good. Welcome to the Futile Podcast. How you doing? Talking to me? I'm talking to you. Record this thing. I'm good. You good? Yeah. It's been a lot of stuff in the last uh, window. We're doing these quarterly now, I think, right? No. We've we put out our we put out enough that now we can just sort of we can sit back and we can kind of semi retire. No. Just no. No. We're gonna hit even harder than than before here. You just have to be proactive about putting these things together. I know, I know. I get proactive. You're going to have to bring in the B team, the C team. I know. I'm bringing, in, I'm bringing in... bring in the bench warmers I'm bringing see what in, they okay. can do. Yeah, exactly. So what do you want to talk about? What, what's, uh, what's been in the, in the world of... You've been watching Avatar, huh? With the kids. And Batman. And uh, you, you sent me a text about how like you were really excited. You were really digging some, some Avatar. No, it was, huh? it, was just, it was just surprisingly... Good and it was better than most of the uh, Japanese stuff. Right, well, most of the Japanese anime, uh, you know. I mean, well, I mean, it, it, it was it was better than like ninety percent of the stuff I've seen in recent years. Right, I think I think that there's, there's cultural things there. You know, it's Japanese. It's not U.S. A guy I know told me that uh, that Korra one's really good. I it's getting great reviews. I I saw like the last two thirds of the second season in a marathon. Uh, and I've got parts of the first, this third season. I think I'm just gonna wait though for them to release it all proper. I I, I don't know. The, the, all the, the 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 two main guys wrote like the whole first season of the Korra show. So, I, but I don't know what it's about. Part of me thinks that like it's one of those cases where the main story of the first three main story is just this beginning, middle, and an end kind of trilogy. That it uh, a sequel. There's not necessarily a lot more to it. So how far into Avatar are you guys? Oh, um, season three, episode... Mm, I don't know. So you started the fire book? Episode three, something like that. All that stuff with Earth Kingdom was pretty good, right? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. The drill mostly, and all the stuff right. with Zuko and his uncle and everything? The Zuko and his uncle stuff was fantastic. Yeah, those that all that stuff is pretty awesome. The... the uh, the depth of the characters is pretty, pretty impressive, yeah. They, they did some pretty good stuff with all the characters, gave them a lot of pathos, etc. Well, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, I was impressed. Like I said, I think Aaron, Aaron E. has is sort of the head, was the head writer or the story editor or whatever on that show. And he also did some Futurama and Mission Hill and a few other more, more comedic cartoons. <laughs> so, um,. That's one of those writers to pay attention to. I said he was he was Dini esque, right? When we were talking on the internet. I don't know. Did you? Maybe. No one pays attention to what I say on the internet. No. That's why I have to do a podcast because they pay attention. Yeah, they, people listen to your podcast, but not anything else. Right. Yeah. I watched the Human Stain on Netflix here a couple days ago. That was interesting. I guess. Been a while since I've just watched a straight up draw like drama movie. You know. Human Stain? Yeah. With Ed Harris? Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins and Nicole Kidman. And Why would you watch that? Isn't that about uh, Anthony Hopkins actually being black? Yeah, it was kind of That's weird. Stupid. It was kind of weird. It like, was a book. Yeah, it was a book for Philip E. Roth or whatever. Yeah, it's one of those Roth pieces of trash. It was okay. It was interesting. Um, part, of me, part of me thinks that like that it's, it's kind of a problem in our culture that we don't do movies... Um, uh, that the, 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 those kinds of movies not necessarily that kind of movie but movies that are more about like existential human drama problems aren't sort of more popular now it kind of leaves us 
Like you go and you see something like that, and it like like Amadeus or something, and you see Amadeus. the the idea the idea of someone having extreme bitter bitterness and obsession with someone else's success, and you kind of leave feeling a little cathartic with that. I mean, I, the flip side of that is you go to these comic book movies and you see these people behaving in ways that are so absurdly, you know, un, unmeasurably heroic, and then you leave just feeling kind of depressed because you're like, I'm going to go home and struggle at, you know, let's, something. Let's, let's talk about what we're going to talk about here because we're, you're getting into it already, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Who's so, one? Guardians of the Galaxy. GG. Is it... What did you just say? A GG, Guardians of the Galaxy, man. The thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is... That it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Well, that's what I mean. But, like... No, no, no. Like, at a times a flat circle kind of way. Okay, so far to this point, out of all these movies, the best of all of them so far, taking maybe Iron Man out of the equation, is the Avengers. Okay. And the Avengers was great because of the humor. Sure. And it was because... Whedon wasn't afraid to treat these hallowed characters comedically. Right. That that effect is amplified in Guardians of the Galaxies because they are characters that don't matter. Right. They don't matter to the overall and scope. I, of the I, I don't know about the, the comic, but I mean, is it essentially a comedic? I mean, you throw no. a talking raccoon no. into it. It's, it's the same as all. It's the same. Well, as now it is, but like it's the same as any other. Wouldn't they invent it in the seventies or whatever? It must have. The, the, the current iteration was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, or something like right. that. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't around before that, and it wasn't oh, the same really? team members. Oh wow. Um, the, the the original name of that group was all different people. I think there might have been a Star Lord in there, but it wasn't the same guy. It was all retconned. So the, the two thousand eight one was like a new thing. And right. Yeah, this, yeah. This is what that's. They prepped on. it right. Um. But. First of all, it was inspired, you know, j- just as it was inspired to give. They've done some weird things with with directors so far, but just as it was inspired to give us a Joss Whedon, who has always been a comedy guy, right? Um, everything he did has done has been littered with comedy. He, he's he's always known that the key. He started out writing for Roseanne, sure, right? but but just the fact that everything he's done, the sci-fi, the all all that stuff, he he it was peppered with comedy. Right. It wasn't anything that wasn't peppered with comedy because that's really the key to something like this. With something like this, you're getting into a, a territory where, um, you know, we talked about that, 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 that tweet that the one guy says, mm-hmm. he's a writer on something, by the way, was that Marvel Marvel's bench warmers are knocking out of the park while DC is still trying to figure, get, out, Superman. figure out Superman, get Superman right. The issue is, DC followed, Christopher Nolan made a couple of phenomenal films. Yes. And they're like, we should make them all like that, Right. And that was a tremendous miscalculation oh, because yeah. there's there's they're, they're mirthless and they're dour and, 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 and they're gritty and set in something realistic. Yeah, DC DC is a weird amalgamation of different characters that shouldn't be together, and that's yeah. like factually and the case. The, the success of like their their animated stuff, yeah. like JLU and stuff like that, and even Batman the Animated Series, which was dark and all that stuff, yeah. was that there is humor and there's life and joy to sure. it. But but they've thrown that out with the movies, and there was life and joy to the original the, to, to to the Tim Burton Batman, yeah. And then you know uh, extended to the the really campy Schumacher stuff. But, yeah, that was but, too far. It was and too far. That was the problem. Yeah, but Marvel has is right in the territory where they understand at this point that the most successful thing you can do is be crowd pleasing, and crowd pleasing means comedy. Well, it means no matter, levity. It means levity. Means no matter what. 
there wasn't just levity. No matter what no, you no. do, there was, it wasn't just tension breaking levity because you yeah. get that in like Die Hard. This this was this was actual comedy, and sure. it was it was character based comedy, situation based comedy, dialogue comedy, sight gags. Right. Like it was it, this was with the comedian's touch. And James Gunn did what Slither and Super. Uh, what did he do? Anything else? I'm sure, but I, I can only think of those two. I've I, seen, I wanna, I've seen I both of just, them. I want to say just those two. I think he wrote something also. I'm sure, yeah. I could be wrong. Anyway, he so he he's got he he has the same thing as Whedon, which is he's got a comedian's touch. And when you come from the indie thing, yeah, a lot of times to be successful, you want to have comedy in there. Like if you can do comedy well, you can do anything well. Because you, you can put it in other stuff and make it funny. You can put it in sci-fi. You can put it in horror. You can do whatever. Right. You know, and, and I don't know, just the, the idea that, I think this is, it's great that you give someone like James Gunn, who's never had a budget, yeah, a movie like this, and watch it succeed. And succeed to such extraordinary extent, because the issue isn't that it made $94 million opening weekend. The issue is that the budget was $60 million, which actually seems high considering the cast. However, well, sci-fi movie. Brad, Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, but what they they were they were voice actors. And yeah, Vin yeah, Diesel. Absolutely. I'm not sure how much you want to pay a guy who says three words. Yeah. For technically, I guess, but he but he uh, he was in it. Bradley Cooper's in it. His voice actors, but the rest of it is like it was just massively CGI. And 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 there are movies that are massively CGI that cost two hundred million. Michael Bay stuff. So the fact that this thing cost sixty million when it was massively CGI—not that it was the same sort of thing with buildings being blown up in the Chicago and all that sort of thing—but right. you make a movie like that for for that cheap, and it makes thirty-four million in profit opening weekend. There, the Marvel is is raking in money. Disney is raking well, in money hand over fist on this sort of. Thing. I don't know about your numbers there though, because the way that the movie guys always talk about it is that in order for a movie to have turned a profit it has to make back something like two and a half no, no, times no, no. the budget that's, that's, that so, so just the just the numbers there you're, are you're, not, you're not talking about you're not talking about advertising Ad- yeah. with, with advertising involved you Marketing say you that. double it you make your you make your money back you yeah. double it you double it but that's but that's we're but the talking, point is it's good you're talking about pure gross yeah and then a net make, making profit without Very interesting for podcast like discussion, yes. <laughs> point is, it was successful. It was Irrelevant. successful. The point is, it was making money by, it was crowd by the third day. People liked it. I know I two people, uh, a person I work with has gone to see it a second time. And it's not like a 14-year-old I, boy. I, I, no, it's a, one you know, of the guys for the magazine I write for saw it a second time and said that it was uh, it was better the second time. Wow. And he saw it with a bunch of people who, had, who were seeing it for their first time. And I think his... Noticing their delight, probably. It seems like it's got kind of a universal appeal to every to most people. Not like everyone loves it, loves it, loves it, but it seems like everyone's kind of. And it's not like there aren't issues. Yeah, no, of course. Because there's there's weaknesses. There's there's a lot of weaknesses, and there's and there was some weak writing with some of the characters. The Gamora character is pretty much worthless. She's just a plot. Not a lot to her, but but it kind of works. They don't do as much with Star Lord as they kind of. I think they did great with him because they they relied. They got an actor. They're going to rely on the actor's personality. Well, sure, no, 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 absolutely worked that way. He's great, but you spend. I spend a few minutes with the way that it starts, and then. Then when it skips ahead, I spend a lot of time being like, I'd really like to see that what happens in those twenty six years with him and Rucker, you know? Rooker. You guys <laughs> always mispronounce his damn name. It's Rooker. R O O K E. I love it. It's not Rucker. That would have been Rooker. such a great that, I want to see the prequel movie. Just them just palling around in space. With the whistling arrow. How great was that weapon? That was kinda cool. That was great. I mean they, you talk about Marvel gives But speaking of gives speaking of that. 
they did some great things in that in terms of just giving characters who were just kind of supporting guys that were there as plot devices scenes or yeah. things. Like, they didn't have to give him a scene where no. he killed all those Necro. But that was awesome, right? What the hell were those Necro guys, by the way? I think those Necro are supposed to be the same guys. alien crew. They were actually the soldiers in Avengers. Because they were just like servants of Thanos or whatever. And how about how Thanos just, the, no big deal. He just like goes and visits him in the be- end of the first act or whatever. Yeah, As opposed to just, being some big like, we're going to finally reveal Thanos. Yeah. And he just is like, hey, yeah. Whatever. I didn't like the way they made Thanos look. He looks pretty cheesy, but I'm kind of yeah. okay with Josh Brolin, they, they, yeah. they did that around Josh Brolin. I guess he was the, the uh, motion guy. Oh, was he the motion or did they actually use makeup to do that? It's motion. Okay, because I couldn't yeah, tell. It was all CGI. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah, we'll see what happens with, with Thanos and stuff like that. But you take out you take out the humor. Not that you could with all those dumb characters. No, not at all. There's a raccoon in a tree and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but this movie is, is so much less. We, are, we You and I talked a little bit before this about the... Uh, the, the uh, what, what, what would have been one of the weak links was Drax because they severely pulled back what the character is in the real Marvel comics, which is murderous, um, like brutal and and they kind of made him just a big dumb humorless um i guess he was a killer but you never see it right um well no but he had motivation sure but he had motivation but what they did with him was they also made him a cipher for humor like the the fact that they they did that with with characters that wouldn't have been that interesting otherwise i think oh absolutely yeah uh was was really what saved it the so same, the same, with, is funny. same with the tree Raccoon is funny they did it with with Groot. there's that fantastic yeah. scene where he's thrashing all those things around forever he turns around with that huge dumb smile yeah like, looking to see their approval after he kills them. and then he that's mega murders those guys yeah. that was awesome he tur- he t2s a bunch of dudes yeah t2 style that's what i just described uh, you were talking about i wasn't yeah. sure it was that one or different anyway uh on humor alone is fantastic. They just did a lot of a lot of great stuff. But it's, it's it's weird to watch a Marvel movie, and I think they understood how good it was getting close to release. Like Marvel understood mm-hmm. how good it was, and then you really saw a ramp up in advertisement and tie-ins with stuff. And this Marvel, it's Marvel, it's Marvel. There yeah. they, 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 they they didn't try to bury in the, the weeks in the weeks before they greenlit a cartoon series. Oh wow! Um, so there's there there they understood, but it's weird because. It's the outlier of space stuff. Yeah. And one, one thing I always thought was going to be dangerous for them was if they put a ton of time and money and energy in, into a Guardians of the Galaxy thing where they wanted to make it super serious, it would probably give people the idea, like it should, that the Marvel Universe is a massive thing. Mm-hmm. And really, who cares what happens on Earth, right? Yeah, right. But the wheelhouse of this stuff is what happens on Earth. Yeah. And that's where the major heroes are, and those are the Avengers and, and when the main they, guys. When they, and when they do a Black Widow movie in five or six years, or two or three years, whatever, the pressures are going to push it to. So, us. so, so the so like the fact that you're going to end up with a, in a in a uh, Avengers three with a universe yeah uh, challenge thing against Thanos. With, That'll be cool. With, with tons of people involved, right? Like the insignificance of Earth always plays a part. That's the one thing. Always in all the. Uh, um, uh, label ending crossover things where like you know everyone's involved in one big event yeah you got 80 titles going into it like one thing they always have to do is point out why it's important that earth doesn't of course fall, right like that's what they do in all the comic series they well they, 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 there's something about the uniqueness of the human spirit kind of thing 
Yeah, but ha- however, there's 50, ba- 50 years of uh, backlog stuff of characters who are aliens or, yeah. or titans or gods or whatever who have just the same human spirit and have the same, <laughs> kind of same sort of, human yeah, storylines right. and the same uh, uh, motivation and pathos and all that stuff you know, to, to, to go in the face of that. Well, that's the nature of what is the superhero so, comic story. Though. That's great. But one thing that was in the back of my mind this entire movie is... What galaxy is this set in? Because this guy is gonna like destroy the galaxy with this <laughs> stuff, right? And and the Avengers movie was about stopping the, like an invasion of Earth, yeah, right, from, by Loki and some dudes, and like, and all of them so far have had like there there there, there comes a point when like I've I've spoken about this before with you about like in Thor two, like this thing was gonna this was gonna like destroy the entire Earth. Yeah, right. And he didn't call any of the other guys. No, yeah. None of the other guys were there. It was just Thor. But, but, but that, So what were they doing? This, that, this wasn't the most important thing? Yeah. So if there's something where, like, the entire Earth is involved, and they haven't gotten to the point in Marvel yet where these guys can just go off into space, which is fine. Right. Though Iron Man could, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, having a, a Benchwarmer outlier movie, admittedly great, I love it, where, like, the universe, could, not the universe, but, like, the galaxy could be destroyed by this guy who has an Infinity Stone. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's just weird. It's just a weird balance of things. It is. And then you're going to go back to a Captain America movie eventually. Captain America sucks at this point. I hate him. And it's stupid that he's... The main guy? No, nah, they're making individual movies about his stupid plight. Who cares right. about his plight? Okay. He's sad about stuff in the past because now he's in the future. Right. And the future there's, there's still people doing army stuff. Yeah. Oh, army. Ah. <laughs> right. The army. Well, I mean, oh, the bad guy army. Oh I, no. I think. I think. Who cares? It just comes down to like being able to invest and divest yourself with within Captain the nature America, of the stories within. The team of the Avengers in that film yeah. I felt was good. Okay. And I was expecting more from the second Captain America because of that. And instead it just kind of reverted back to the first thing except for it was now in the future. He was just as bland. Okay. That doesn't make me depressed just talking about okay, it. Okay, so you Thor, didn't like Thor, Thor, is still a, uh, Thor is still a character I like. Right. Though they defanged him after the first one just because they had to. It was part of the plot. He, was, he went from arrogant to he learned to right. harness that, right? That's yeah, cool. so that's fine. Iron Man's still a fantastic character, sure, uh, mostly because of the actor, but he's always been. But he's a great character anyway, just because right. he's got that, you know, that in there. The Hulk is is the great. I was talking to someone else about this. The Hulk is great in the Avengers movie because you're not spending time dicking around with sad Hulk stuff. Not too much. Yeah, you don't you don't have to because he's just there to kick ass and, and beat the hell out of people, sure, and smash things and be like funny, you know, like mm-hmm. a kind of comedic relief thing. And then when you go back to Banner, he's he's just there as funny also, right? Because yeah, he's he's, he's making jokes and he's like, oh, I, uh, but he's like all bumbling and stuff. Yeah. That's great. That's that's great. That's exactly. See, the thing about the Avengers movies is you can get by with just using character strengths. Right. And you don't have to worry about character weaknesses because you can, because you're truncating storylines and everything like that. So the strength of the Thor and Iron Man characters in their individual movies is great and the weakness of like the whole character. So 
Not that it's a whole, not that it's a weakness as a character. It's a weakness in the two individual films that they've made about him so far. Right. The second Hulk was okay. I thought but, it was good. Yeah. But they're but they're both downers in the terms of this guy who's desperately, frantically, anxiety ridden in a way to 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 stop something inside him from happening, and there and it's about sadness and loss, and he keeps losing this woman. Right. And and. That, that's awful. It is. That's terrible. A lot of good comic book stuff is just good drama too, though. Yeah, it's but tough. it doesn't right. necessarily work in the movies. And that Not second really, Hulk yeah. being a success, it's like a three star out of five success. Yeah, I think that's decent for a Hulk because no, that first one, there was some cool stuff in the there. First but one it was, was just weird. So, it was just so depressing and weird. Yeah, yeah. You give, you give a, an Oscar winning uh, nasal gazing, na- navel gazing director a Hulk movie is just weird. Yeah, it was. Get, I mean, giving Kenneth Branagh Thor was weird too, but it, but I mean, it mostly worked. I don't yeah, know. yeah, he he did a good job with it. Anyway, so, so GG really liked it, huh? Dug it Guardians out. of the Galaxy. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Wow. Okay. I think I give it a I give it a nice hard. It's a crowd pleaser. I give it a hard three and a half out of That's five. Not, there's no such thing because you you give you give. Utter crap, three and a half out of five. So let's well, get serious. No, come on now. We have different opinions. It's, it's, about it's, it's, it's time to stop rating stuff ba- just relative to each other. Oh, okay. It's time to start rating things based on what you've given things in the past. So oh, one okay. of the last movies we saw together, where you gave it a grade and then I gave it a terrible grade afterwards, and then you're like, "Yeah, you're right," and you changed it. Oh, that was the X Men one. It might have been the X Men. I think I just went. I think three you and went, a half. You think you gave it a three and a half, and then I you gave think it a Guardians of the Galaxy was was. Not better than that second X Men movie. There's different things and different things, though. You can't bring it, it next to each did other. Did it please you? Did it please the crowd? It, uh, did you enjoy it? Did I you think laugh? It, did I, you, were you thrilled? I'm not always looking to get a good laugh, though. Who cares? Now, in this case, I, in this case, I was, and there was a couple good laughs. What did the movie do to you? And did it do so more than X Men Two? Uh, okay. X Men well, Seven. Here, right? the, the problem with the, Answer the question. No, I'm answering the question. The problem with the gun and Whedon approach to these things is that you do need to eventually kind of come it back around to some sort of like, why do we care? Why does it matter? Here's our drama. And if there's so much levity and winking at the camera, whatever, there's tons of it's drama. Tough, it's about, it's, it's tough, tough to worlds. It's stuff. tough to. I know they killed Peter Serafinowicz. That's huge. The stakes are big, but you just it just feels like kind of laughable when it happens. Like when he gets crushed, and it's like. I feel kind of bad for that, but like I, I don't feel like how to feel about that. And when you know the raccoon's like, "No, you'll die," I feel kind of like this is sad, but this is kind of like manipulative, manipulative, and kind of insincere sad. Like I'm fine with it. Just I, I felt very aware of the emotions that I they were being played in this movie when, when they weren't comedic. Was a massive disappointment to me. X Men Two, or you mean X Men Seven? Future Pastors, yeah. You said three and a half, and then I said, "No, no, you, you." I, and then I gave it like things. a two, and then you're like, "Yeah, you're right. It's like a two, <laughs> right?" So you, I have, I'm really rested. I'm not as crowd pleasing. I'm not as good at rating things as you. And, and you're like, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna give it the same as I initially gave X Men Future Past, okay. which right after I changed I, I will two. probably enjoy it more on a second viewing. And I, I'm, the things that are, that are fun about it, the fact that it's not three hours long is nice. It moves at a good pace. Who cares? Why are you kidding? That's how I enjoy things more. I'm not sitting there waiting for something to get done. I'm not like waiting for the I prison loved, break to happen. I love Wolf of Wall Street. 
but it was too long. I'm going to give it one star. I, it's not necessarily because of that. If you're feeling the length because you're waiting for a story plot point to happen, then then that's bad. And this is well written and pretty pretty concise. Like I said to you earlier, the, the fact that they don't belabor the prison escape part, that they just kind of get to it and get on with it, I love that. I, I was, you know, like, okay, great. We're not going to waste 20 more minutes in this fucking prison while people kind of learn to get to know each other. You just thrown out filthy language nonstop. Yeah, I know. You always constantly. forget the kids listen. To I do. Things. I forget. It's for the children, especially this movie. Children. Nice PG thirteen little movie. Just like Expendables three. Nice PG thirteen yeah, little shut movie. Up. <laughs> With Frasier. Seth was like, "You know, Frasier's in the new Expendables movie," and I'm like, "Yeah. What of it? What of it?" But I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I, maybe I am in that weird, and I hate to admit it, like kind of Chris Nolan Batman kind of mentality for my comic book movies. Not for all of them. I really was looking forward for, to this, and I really did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and you're still going to give it a well, I hard saw, 3.5. I saw it alone. So? I saw it with uh, my brother and sister. You saw it with people to laugh with. Your friends and family. There's people in the theater laughing at There's people I don't know and don't give oh, a fuck about. Oh. And there's some oh. guy that's like pissed off about Howard the Duck, and I'm like, everyone was pissed dude. out about Howard the Duck. I don't need you vocal, verbalizing your bullshit, dude. I just, I mean, I, I'm only okay. It's always a little bit of a bummer if I see a movie alone, even if I enjoy it. Most of the movies I've seen alone, I can remember, and they're they're they just like I saw the first X Men alone, I saw Indiana Jones four alone, and I saw this alone, and I've seen a couple other ones just by myself, and it, it's always kind of. Eh. Like, there's just less fun to it. It's less of a, like, enjoyment for me in that process. Because going to a movie, you are surrounded by a bunch of strangers. Oh, I forgot. So it's nice to be with someone else when you're surrounded I by strangers. I forgot. I think we should do a thing now. Uh, and I forgot at the beginning, so let's just do it right now. Uh, I think we should start each of these with the national anthem. The national anthem? Yeah. Are you going to sing it? I think we should both sing it. I don't think I know all the lyrics. Uh, this you is, know the lyrics? This, this, was, this was not uh, prepared. <laughs> There's no way it has to be prepared. This has to be off the cuff. It's a wing. It's a wing in it. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? Yeah, you got it. For so proud. Yeah. What so proudly? <laughs> what so proudly we hailed from. I want you to put some vibrato in it. I know about the War of eighteen twelve. And so I am a good American, but I don't watch a lot of baseball, so I don't know the national anthem. So I'm kind of a bad American. Baseball. Okay, let's do the Pledge of Allegiance then. <laughs> let's do something so I, people know that we're jingoists. I pledge. Oh wait, really? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, that was an enjoy. I, and the rockets, red glare. That's good. That's good. So speaking of of kind of movies. How about the them images of Superman in the rain and stuff? Like, doesn't Snyder's gonna bat this out of the park? He's gonna bat it out of the park. So here's the thing: I don't like spoilers, and I don't like looking at things that might spoil things for me. I avoid it at a certain point, but uh, like, but that's a joke. I, I don't know, care. I, don't, no, I just haven't looked at it. Yeah, I'm so severely not looking forward to the new Batman Superman. It's just it's just like watching a train wreck. I didn't see the clip. Seth, Seth told me uh, that some Comic Con stuff looked stupid. Seth told me that uh, dumb. they totally Frank Millerized 
Well, yeah, Batman's look, and he's got the shorter he's got the ears, ears, and he's so got the, the suit just like that's in, easy in uh, Batman Returns. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, it, they're gonna do something similar to that where he's gonna be older and it's gonna be grittier or whatever. It's gonna be sick, dude. But that the, that alone wait. that doesn't mean anything. I hope there's a girl Robin. There might be I a hope girl. there's some mutants. There won't be mutants. They're not gonna do Dark Knight Returns. They're just gonna spin it in terms of some kind of like, why did this alien come and create all this mayhem? I hope there's a sequel where uh, Joker comes back and it's just the dead Robin. Dawn of Justice, man. You mean... I reread that. Strikes Back. I know. Strikes Back is kind of good. I think a lot of people like to hate on it because Frank Miller... Yeah, Strikes Back. People people like to hate it. Yeah, I got it. I haven't read that in years. I read Returns uh, a couple times and then I watched that cartoon, which I didn't really like that much. You didn't like the cartoon? How do you not like the cartoon when it's so faithful to the book? I didn't feel like it translated well. You don't feel like it translated well? You know what I felt didn't translate well is year one because it's all narration, so it's literally just I Brian, Cranston, Brian Cranston reading mm-hmm. and Ben McKenzie, who's now playing Gordon in Gotham, right. reading and the Frank Miller comic book dialogue. Just yeah, I have a question about that. Ben McKenzie's like four feet tall. How's he playing Commissioner Gordon? I, I don't know. He's not Commissioner yet. Why, he doesn't he's have like he's like police. I can already Gordon. tell you. I want me to list all the. Does he have a mustache? What? No, no mustache. Yeah. So that's the biggest mistake. He's going to grow one, though. Well, I'm sure by season two, yeah. they'll have the, if they get one. And his wife's going to be like, that looks good on you. Yeah. They'll be like, I'm banging the secretary. Right, yeah. They're, um, Bruce Wayne squeals like a little girl when his parents die. Yeah. Which Bruce Wayne doesn't make oh, any noise up. when his parents are Shut up. That's, that's like shut canon. Shut up. That's canon. That's not canon. Totally canon. No, it's not. Totally canon. And they got a cat girl and a poison ivy girl. And it's like, really? The You're penguins gonna... in it. Yeah, it's Lil Gotham. Half of it's Lil Gotham, and the other half is like, you know, like the prequel to Batman Begins. And that part looks kind of cool. What's your real grade for Guardians of the Galaxy? My real grade is... Like, no, 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 no. What's your real grade? Dude, you can't give anything a hard... Maybe, uh, maybe you can't I have something to, a hard something maybe, or a light something. Maybe I have to abstain then from a, a real grade until I see it in a more... in a better mood. Oh, I'm trying to be honest about how I felt. I went into it, and yes, there was some good jokes. I watched that movie. I watched that movie Blindness in the theater. Right, I know. And it, it was a miserable situation. Right. And I wasn't having a good day. Yeah. And I saw it with like. And it's I, kind of a I, miserable I, movie. I saw it with some miserable people. Uh, sure. And it was like bad screen, and bad oh, wow. sound. And I think I liked it just the same as I would have. Really. If I had seen it, uh, you know. Well, after uh, years of doing class on the version plan. After years of doing this this podcast, you must know that I'm much more temperamental than you when it comes to. What I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to teach you not to be. I'm trying to teach you. You that can't movie, teach someone the not movie to be exists. Who, the, who they the movie are. Movie exists outside of you. Yeah. And you're not reviewing your experience watching it. You're reviewing that's, the film. But that's a, that's a part of how how it affects it, though. It shouldn't. Okay. Separate yourself. Why? 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 Why do people worry so much about suspension okay, he, he, of disbelief? Here's what I'm going to get at. It's right. important because you're not only suspending disbelief; you're suspending everything around you. So you got to cut it all you're off. You're escaping, right? Well, I'm going to I'm going to get at this one last time. People will have the most vehement arguments about comedies, and that's funny because it's like it's supposed to be like, haha, everyone's laughing, having a good time, and then people are like, that was funny. That wasn't funny. It was funny. I thought a good bit of it was funny, but I wasn't like... Everybody loves the movie, Ian. I wasn't crazy, crazy loving Nobody's it. Nobody's saying the movie wasn't funny. Seconds. No. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. 
It wasn't like I think I I had like two good laughs, two two or three good laughs. It wasn't as it. funny as like Twilight. It wasn't like a comedy but, comedy like I, Twilight. I know, but but I will tell you this: I found that in the last few years, when I rewatch stuff, I sometimes find it more funny. So I'm telling you, I'm probably going to give it a higher rating when I watch it again. I'll probably give it a reliable four, like you did. But for now, it's somewhere in that nebulous 3.5 four zone. I'm gonna wait. I'm, I saw Gandhi. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna review it. I'm gonna wait until <laughs> I'll watch it again in like 15 years. Because it's four hours and 15 minutes long. Well, I don't want to. I saw part of it on. AMC I don't want to devote a bunch of time to it right away. So I'm gonna give you my grade for Gandhi when I watch it again in 15 years. Well, I'm giving you my grade. Now. You gave you gave me a garbage grade. I'm you telling you, I, I dismissed your grade because you gave the same grade you initially gave. X Men. I think I gave it a three. I gave it a three and not a three point five. I remember that part now. And you and then you talked me check down. Check the tape, Jeff Phillips. Check the tape. I'm, I'm not going to listen. Know, to that I post. I didn't post that. Yeah, one. Jeff Phillips will tell me. He'll nope. tell me on Twitter like tomorrow. <laughs> you won't even post this yet. <laughs> this will get. This will take a while. Um, Why is it going to take a while? It won't take that long. I'll probably post it this weekend. I made a resolution, a New Year's resolution. It's mid mid year, but I made it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. In the, my middle, resolution the end of was, July. My resolution was. I was going to be nicer on the podcast. What? And look what you've done to me. I'm just same old, just cranky grump because of Ian. <laughs> I'm just Maybe yelling. It's not my, you. my voice is going up. Maybe it's not you, dude. It's going up. It's me. My blood pressure is going up. Oh, listen to this idea I came up with. <laughs> this is a fantastic idea. Okay, I'm going to pitch a series to you. Are you ready? Are we doing pitches again? Are we bringing that old chestnut back? No, no, because this is real. No, this no, no real we used to pitch stuff, though. This is a real pitch. Though. Okay. To me specifically? If you have connections, I'll sure. green light anything. Okay. So, it's a Star Wars show, right? Star Wars universe because they're big on that now. It's set in like maybe the Old Republic for a time when there's both the good guy and bad guy. There's tons of them, right? Okay, so some sort of like old Dark Horse comics kind of stuff. But this is a series, you know, right. a yeah, TV series, it's big, big, big. Wait, 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 wait! Shut up! Like an HBO 13 episode a season series? Or like a HBO... NBC 25 episode a season uh, series? I want to say HBO. Okay. Because, because it's gonna, it'll make sense in a minute. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. With the Larry David character being a Jedi. Right. And he hangs out at like the, uh, the Jedi Citadel. Right. And he's just petty and miserable about things <laughs> and at the end of the first season they call him in and they're like listen you've been you've been here for you've been here for a while now and here's the thing about the Je- uh, the jedi like we're remote we're like pretty good we're good people you're not a good person we're kind of thinking that maybe you're you're a sith and you just don't know it <laughs> and he's like what he's like, i i never thought i never thought about it. and they're like even Listen, we're gonna give you a, we're gonna give you your walking papers. Maybe you should look into the dark side. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just check it out. And he's like, ah, oh, all right. The second season is him going through the same stuff on like the Sith uh, planet, right? And and uh, and they're just getting pissed with him because he's just the same with them. Right. And as petty and and backstabbing as they are, they just can't stand him. Right, of course not. And and so then uh, at the end of the second one, they dismiss. They also dismiss him. And, the, and then the third season, there's a final season, he just wanders the galaxy like Hulk. Uh-huh. Uh, Sad music and everything. Yeah, yeah. And he's just and he's just trying to find his way. He's trying to help people and stuff. But he's just the same petty guy. 
so it's just but it's, but it's a laugh out loud comedy right. about this guy who's just a a, a, a miserable bumbling petty uh, self serving uh, angry Jedi. Do we have a title yet, or it doesn't matter? We'll come up with one. It'll be great. Kirby enthusiasm yeah. means nothing. No, it doesn't. The t- title means nothing. So it'll be it'll be something awesome. But you know, what, there, what about stuff going on? What about Jeff? Think, think about this. Is Jeff, does he have a sidekick? Oh, there will be a, there will be some sidekicks. Yeah, and what and the one thing I thought about was the guy he the guy he befriends who becomes a sidekick in the first season. Right. When he leaves, the guy stays there. So the second season, the link back to the Jedi Citadel uh-huh. is his friend, and they talk on like a. Like hol- holocrums, holocrums and stuff. Yeah. Holocrums, <laughs> holocrums yeah. that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. So anyway. Because uh, it's called a holocrom. <laughs> yeah, it's called a holocrom. Uh, yeah, they're not something you actually talk to someone on. It just records you. And then you someone else views it at a later date. I think that was maybe there's part no, of it. There's no link. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that, that's it. Man, so, but, but imagine, every, every episode starts with like some... Uh, like terrible battle or something between people, and then he just he walks in and uh, and he's slighted by something. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's not he's not getting the respect he deserves for whatever. Well, reason. the better the better way if you're gonna follow Kirby Dizzy method, I feel like the best one is always when he's just like actually got a problem that everyone has in life. Like, where do I put this toothpick I'm carrying around at this party all day? Yeah, yeah. and, and then whenever he does, the eye whenever he does breaks the rules. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The rules. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what. And there's like an intergalactic war. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily. Uh, when I explained the story to my friend today, this uh, this this pitch, uh, he was like, I, I went through a few things. I was like, it's always sunny, Seinfeld, and finally, it's like it's more just, it's more just like curb enthusiasm. But the idea is, these are uh, these are petty, unhappy people, right? Um, but they happen to be yeah. happen to be Jedi. What do you think? I think there's 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 a nugget of goodness there. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's a series. It might be a great webcomic. No, no it's a series. Like, you it's know, to get your name out there. It's a series. For what are some plot threads that could happen? Plot threads? Yeah. I mean, the, the problem would be, you're going to start doing Star Wars parody shit and no, rely no, on no, old no, history no, or no, creating your no, own? No, it's real. Okay, you got to create your own, then it's got to be like, I don't real. know enough about Star Wars. It's no parody. It's all real. Right, I know, but like, you know, like so you got to think about the ways that different races relate to each other. Who cares about that stuff? Just, just yeah. But after you get it, like you know, being you know, being offensive without meaning to and stuff like so. That. What about if he accidentally kills a bunch of kids? <laughs> That's good. Okay. It's always good. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you can't do that." And he's like, "Anakin did it. Everyone loves him now." <laughs> yeah, right. He yeah. did it on purpose. Well, wait a minute. Now you're getting your time frame screwed up. Well, what if he's what's, what? What if it's set in the now? If it's set in the now. Yeah. So it's in a galaxy far, well, far here's the thing. now. So did you hear recently that Disney wiped clean the uh, extended universe? Like all of it? Yeah. The only thing that's canon is the movies. Is the six movies and Clone Wars. The cartoon. Yeah. It's all that's canon anymore. So, so none of the Dark Horse. Oh, because Marvel's going to get the comic. So that way they can do the comics. Book. They're not worried about the comics. The, the, the major yeah, thing but Marvel's that, getting the major thing that this does is and a lot of people are pissed is that um, there were several pretty popular and good selling right, book, yeah, book right, series yeah. and in a lot of them they introduced their like the most popular character Mara was this Jade, Mara Jade yeah. and she was considered a fan, actually like a really well written fantastic character like there was a really good author who, who wrote the Thrawn series or whatever he mm-hmm. came back for three more later but they're wiping it all away so everything Kevin that happened, or something like that. That happened post 
Return of the Jedi right. was mostly based on these books. They had comic series based on those. Video games, yeah. Isn't yada, that yada. old old news kind of that we knew that they were going to get rid of all that? Or that not necessarily. Gonna... My, that was my concern. Right. When I brought that up. I was the only. I was the first person in the world who brought that. Because you've read all those? No, I haven't read them and all. You like them or something? No, no, not at all. But 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 I brought up. I was like, you know what they're going to do? These nerds are going to hate it because Disney. They're going to come in. We, a big property clean comes the in slate. Like that. They're going to clean yeah. the slate. Yeah, for sure. Clean the slate. Not necessarily reboot. You can't reboot. You can't yeah. reboot. No. I'm amazingly surprised at how much they've been like, yeah, Mark Hamill is coming back. Luke Skywalker is going to be the next one. I'm like, that seems like a bad idea. Like, really? We'll see. Like, like these guys Where's are all... Toy Story 3 guy. You can't do any wrong, right? I don't know. I haven't even seen Toy Story 3. Your boy, uh, JJ, directing? Yeah, I don't know how that's Your boy, uh, Ryan Johnson, is doing, uh, two, uh, doing uh, 8 and 9. He's going to do both? Uh, he's involved. He gets signed on, and no one knows if it's uh, writing or directing or both. But he's he's in a creative position on eight and nine. Well, that's 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 cool, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big enough Star Wars guy to have. I mean, I'm excited to see like the first trailer for it when it finally happens, and it looks like. And there's all these little nuggets of things that they're feeding, you know, like oh look, there's a shot of JJ next to a real puppet, so they're going to use a real puppet. Huh? Yeah, I know, because that's what it's about. You got to go back to the real puppets. Of course you do. I think they got to give Frank Oz a bunch of voices too. Why not? Why not? He's still alive. He's still kicking. That's the thing, you know. John Williams is going to do some score, and it will probably be forgettable because yeah. no one. This is something I've wanted to talk with someone about for a while, and you're a good guy for this because you're you're a music guy. You're yeah. like a you understand real mm-hmm. music. What is the deal with like there being no good scores in the last like ten years, pretty much? Well, since like The Dark Knight, and then they just repeated that since then. Like, they just... Remember, they used to be like, think of how many different awesome themes are in Last Crusade. There's like five different pieces of great music in that I'll one movie. You. I'll tell you what. Everything's forgettable. And I, I have the answer. I have the answer. The answer is nostalgia. That's it. Wait, are you saying that I think that stuff is better than it is? No, not necessarily that. It's that you think the stuff now isn't comparable to the stuff then. No, it just doesn't, doesn't grab me the way that the stuff... There have been powerful scores... Since the inception of film scores, well, I'm sure there have. Been. And from that time, inception was good. They've all been based on romantic period music. Well, of course, yeah. So they're all based off Wagner and Beethoven. So you think stuff. it's and just a saturation taking, thing? It's not a saturation thing. It's it's that. I mean, Williams hit it big with Jaws, Superman, with Indiana it's, Jones. It's, it's, it's it's a societal cyclical thing. The power of movies, the strength of movies. Scores in the most powerful time before was the massive MGM studio model that okay. ended up dying in the sixties. Right. But the balloon at its at its peak there was not necessarily film scores, but it was musicals, and they right. were they were massive, and there was amazing music written for that stuff. But they were written in song form mostly. Okay. And there were some good scores. A lot of the scores were like. You know, it's j- just like the, you know, so Horner did the Titanic music. Yeah. And that song that came out of it, the Celine Dion song that sold 10 million copies or whatever. Right. That, that's his, that was his theme. He yeah. wrote it, right? He composed that theme and they made a pop song out of it. Okay. So that's, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's more pop so, songified than score. So, they, they, so the studio model is crushed. And the independent film. Have you seen uh, Raging Easy, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, or whatever it's called? 
So the studio I'm system familiar is, with a lot of this. The studio stuff, system so. collapses. Yeah. 70s. And what comes out of it is this strong independent push. And there's not a lot of music in that. No. But as that gets Well, started, there's a lot of uh, soundtrack. There's some soundtrack. There's yeah, Easy exactly, Rider, for good, example. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And then you get to the point where it has to change again. It goes for 15 years like that or so. Mm-hmm. And you get to the late 70s. And Lucas and Spielberg are coming out of this independent scene. And they're they're starting to make stuff that's going to blow the studio system back up again. They're, that's not what they're trying to do. They're no. just trying to make movies they want to make. And they're making them on an independent budget still at this point. And... You're, you know, they're going back to like, you know, Spielberg is going back to Kurosawa, Lucas is going back to whatever, and there were major scores in those things. They're just taking those things from that. And uh, the John Williams stuff is like, you know, they were, they were trying to make a King Solomon's Mines type right. uh, teleplay, or not tele, uh, you know, serial stuff. Serial, yeah. Uh, so they, they went back to that type of music. I think what happens is John Williams, most composers, James Horner, for instance, yeah, his Some great scores, scores sound similar. Yeah, John Williams scores sound similar. They do, you but they were all, John Williams. They were all great, like Alien, Star Trek Two, sure. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure, sure, Commando. Sure. Yes, yes I mean, funny. John Williams. You've got like I named them already. I mean, they, they do sound yes, similar, and they are definitely nostalgic so of an, a later, an earlier it's period. Swelling but. again at that point, and this is a sudden blow up and yeah. it's right at the time where now all these people who are our age yeah. um, are, are firmly ensconced in a world where like n- nostalgia is not just a thing where like people had nostalgia before no 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 but who it's a they, bit who pathological who are they talking about right. it too they were talking about the person uh, on the couch across from yeah. them now it's on over for tea yeah. and, and now it's on something where it becomes viral and it goes out there and it's frozen forever in time on and the cloud and all yeah. that stuff right so Nostalgia has grown because people's capacity for uh, hearing other people's nostalgia has grown. So the idea that, that everything from like 1977 through 1995 was the greatest period in all of pop culture history. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to remember it that way because they're our age. And yeah. that just how it's, that's just how it happens. And everyone's like, I'd like to there's, think- a reason why, there's a reason why my mom thinks that the best music ever was was the Carpenters and the Jackson 5 it's because that was right in her wheelhouse right. age 15 to age 28 whatever like that you well, know? your mom like, might like Guardians of the Galaxy your mom might like Guardians of the Galaxy my mom doesn't like anything anymore like, they get to a certain age and that happens you know yeah, I don't know if she'd like it or not yeah um, like I was maybe, if, to... uh, maybe if the guy who made Gosford Park wrote it then your mom would like it yeah <laughs> the, the uh, Downton Abbey guy oh uh, no, I, I get what, I get where you're coming from, but I mean, it just seems it just seems like there's just, I, and, and I, I I fight that too, but I also feel like there's every now and again there's there's, wrong. there's good movies they're still making good movies they're still doing cool cool stuff out there, but it's here's, just like the, the idea of like a big movie with like a big memorable I know great some score. I know some film guys yeah I I unironically I unironically love Jurassic Park I yeah ironically love it that's got a and memorable shut score. up <laughs> it has a fantastic score. I, t- I talk with you. I've talked with some. There's a couple of younger kids I work with. Yeah, they're like 24, 26, somewhere in that in that range. How old would they be? But they've even been. Oh my god! I don't want to think about it. Yeah, right. They were young in 1993, or not born yet, <laughs> in some cases. Uh, and and I'm like, sometimes I'm like Jurassic Park, right? And they're like, yeah, it's not really that good. And I'm like, I, you know, I. I First of all, I, so I go through like stages of, of grief, mm-hmm. right? I go through all the stages of death, 
Right. The, uh, the first one is anger then. Uh, yeah, like, what anger. the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You, I go through all of them. Uh, and at the end, I realize that I'm being nostalgic for something. Mm-hmm. And whether or, not it's, whether or not it's good is irrelevant. Because in a hundred years, you can look back and you can probably judge everything better. Though, you know, things where... It well, it's was, like Norm MacDonald that is reading Mark Twain constantly, right? Yeah. Yeah, you you can you can go back and I think you can pretty accurately gauge because if you have if you have an understanding of the history of something like film, sure, film's only been around for so long, right? But you can go back and I think one reason why Citizen Kane is still held in high regard, Casablanca, uh, you know what's what's the one that's number one? The Sight and Sound, well now Vertigo, all that stuff. The Rear Window, I think. Uh, the, 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 the reason why those things are great is because you can go back, and I think people who who understand the history understand not only is it a great film, which they're they're telling on their own, but they also understand what place it held at the time. Oh, because sure. you can see something and say, think like, wow. You can watch Psycho, and you can think, wow, this must have been stunning. Because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's great just as it is, but it must have been stunning at the time. I think people, if you're smart about it, you can think about that at the same time. Yeah. But, but it's like saying like, oh, the effects are shitty in that old sure, B movie, and sure. it's like, are you an idiot? Like, However, <laughs> we're talking about movies that are at this point like ninety years old, or, right, yeah, or, yeah. or seventy years old, right. or forty years old. But think about this: if a movie is fifteen years old or twenty years old, and you're talking about the kids of the people who love something, they're not going to. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not going to matter. It, it, it doesn't translate well within one generation, unless you're really sco- unless you've gotten your scholarship and. You know? Nobody hates nostalgia more than the kids of the people who are being nostalgic. Oh, of course. Grandparents, that's different. You start to understand things more. You start to... Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. weird d- d- turnaround. There's, there's a generation break. gap yeah, thing. Yeah. So, I, I, I still unironically... And, and I know what's, you know what's crappy about Jurassic Park, but I, I, I think it's a phenomenal... Once again, a crowd-pleasing... No, but please, please. Now, now I, I don't love it as much as you, but is there crowds of... People now that like it ironically, like, no, has it become no, like a mystery? No, science what I'm theater? saying is, what I'm saying is, because that would be really, really trippy. No, what I'm saying there. is, I can, I, I can look back and be like, oh, you know, it was a sweet movie, and I can just say something stupid. People are like, yeah, I love, yeah, Back to the Future Three, sweet. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's not as good as Jurassic Park. No, well, no, it's not as good. It's Jurassic not as good as uh, Back to the Future One. No, Back to the Future One is a, is actually, is, is an actually great movie. Absolutely. Guardians of the Galaxy is like Back to the Future. It's it's got it's got stakes yes. and it's got action and adventure uh-huh. and it's a comedy. Right. Right. Which it's, is which I'm glad that they're bringing back action comedies. Yeah, not I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about the rookie here. No, that's true. We're not. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> By the way, Seth uh, Seth popped on and said, "So your thing was Seth Zach's here. We got movies that matter. We want to come. We need to come get you." He just popped on and said. How do I leave that conversation? Also, <laughs> oh, he's so much better than both of us. It's 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 like hard to get a hold of him. <laughs> no, he's not. He just doesn't care. He's like he's, he's actually trying to get out of it. That's the issue. Yeah, I know. The nature of nostalgia is is what's interesting to me because I don't think I don't think that nostalgia makes people think something is better. I think nostalgia is a weird kind of buffer between generations because. Your nostalgia for something, mm-hmm. we're the same. We're around the same age. Your nostalgia for something, it's not an issue where I think back and think, 
uh, he's probably stupid. That's dumb. It's it's that like we just had different opinions. Yeah, that, right. Right. And you had a different experience with different people. Like you know, people. Which is what I get at when I even review a new movie. That's stupid. That's dumb. You can't do that. With, with, with this, here, here's the problem with that. So you could have had the best day of your life the day that you watched Indiana Jones 4. Right. And you could have seen it with awesome people. You could have got uh, a BJ during the movie. Twice. Yeah. You could have, you walked out of the theater, something awesome happened, you won a bunch of money, you had a great cash I got that one millionth customer ticket, yeah. I got free movies yeah. forever. And I just like, and then you can have it. I don't ever want to yeah. see the movie again. But my yeah. eyes are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> but be, but be serious. Indiana Jones Four was terrible. It was unpleasant. It was very unpleasant. It was. I was also unpleasant. sick when I saw it too. Like there was a lot of other you, you, negative now side. Now effects. you're doing. Now you're doing exactly what I'm making fun of. Yeah, I know that. But but I mean, because what, look what you're trying to do. You're you're reaching. You're reaching now for reasons why maybe it's not as bad. As no, 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 no. But I've seen it since then. I, I, I'm being I honest. Have, I don't about want to. I've seen parts I've of it on TV. It I've seen bits of it on TV. Here. I saw it. It was on something the other day. What was it? Was it on something? Something weird. My um, uh, one of Christian's cousins was having a birthday party last uh, two weeks ago. I was at their house, and Seth and I were talking, and we we're watching Elf. <laughs> Elf's on TV, right? Because it's it was, it was well, because it was late July. It's supposed to be Christmas in July. It was late July, July. Yeah. and uh, Elf was on, and I noticed uh, what channel it's on. It was MTV. MTV on a Saturday afternoon was playing Elf, and I and I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That's really strange. But Why no, is MTV no. playing Elf right. on like July thirty? And then talk about nostalgia. Fucking MTV in the nineties, man, when it was all cool stuff and interesting stuff. But maybe it wasn't. Because no, of the nature of nostalgia, but it was. It really was yeah. better. But but there's there's no way. To but there's out, but there's outlets for all that now online. There's no way know? to accurately translate that to someone who thinks that their period of fifteen to twenty four or whatever right. is the real era of nostalgia and the stuff that you're remembering from before that. Because some, someone who's ten years older than me could have told me how great. You know, I mean. Until you experience that stuff for yourself, but like, oh, dude, I was there and I watched the, all those movies from 1971 to 1976. Right. They were fantastic, and they were way better than everything from Star Wars through yeah. uh, Terminator 2. And I'd be like, no, they were, no, they weren't. And I will never ever believe that otherwise, because I experienced that time from there to there. But I, but, I, but I'm not rating them on the time. I'm rating them on the on the experience. On, yeah. on, not, not the experience. I'm rating them on the movie. Reading on the movie. Once you do that, then then you can really separate yourself from the nostalgia. I think, and it is hard to do that sometimes. I agree with you; it's tricky. I think that, which is why, like, we really are trying to argue, like, why it's good to revisit things. Film scores, it's it's difficult because, first of all, all this stuff is subjective. I think I think music is even more subjective than a movie because there's things that a movie has to do right to be any good. Right. Music, it's it's not necessarily so. I mean, if, if if people are like hardcore classically trained, they can point out things that are wrong on a score. But there's but there's just all you're getting is an aesthetic. All you're getting right. is, is an aesthetic from it. And John Williams had a. a I mean, the the fact that so many people responded to his sound mm -hmm. in a positive way means it doesn't necessarily mean he was great. But in the long run, in history, a thousand people. And a thousand years from now, people could look back and say, you know who everybody loved was John Williams. He must have been good, right? Like, that's, well, sure, that's, that's yeah. kind of the thing that ends up happening. 
right. and it ends up being a popularity contest. But it's just like where there's smoke, where's fire, and and stereotypes are based somewhat in reality. When something is hugely popular, most likely it's it's probably pretty good. Right. Well, right. That's there, kind there's, of there's, there's, not, there's nothing in the world that's hugely popular that is crap. Well, hey, that's a great segue Spice into Girls. Transformers Four. Did you see Transformers Four? No. Neither did I. But it made a zillion dollars. Okay. I think can we have you ever met anyone who really seriously loves all the Transformers movies? I, I I've seen no. the third one. It's the only one I've my, seen in the theater. The third my one. brother and, and I, I liked that Chicago scene in the third one. I thought that was a great, exciting spectacle. But for the most part, everything else Transformers I've thought has been mediocre at best. My I, brother and a guy I work with, they uh, they know a guy who's a huge Transformers fanboy. And he's like a like like comics and like the nerd yeah, fan, like huge, an actual like Transformers, huge huge Transformers fanboy. And he's actually a moderately like wealthy mm-hmm. person with like a hot wife who's like a, a high up person with like social security or something. And like he's got a government job. You mean he doesn't? He quit to be a house husband. Oh, but, okay. But he he had a bunch of money before that. Anyway, uh, and he he like is an apologist for the movies. And he thinks they're fantastic. And he's, like, intelligent and stuff. You can always find people that will do that. You can find people that write essays about, like, the, the feminist power of Sucker Punch and stuff. You can do any of these things. Yeah, but... But, yeah. but, but, but I mean, like, at the end of the day, if you're talking about what we were talking about, which is the idea of popularity and goodness, it's kind of this weird... Like like non sequitur. Well, I was going to say that like about there, there, are things, there are things. Everyone sees it and no one likes it, but everyone. There sees are things it. that I find distasteful. Avatar, I found distasteful, and it made a ton of money. Right. Titanic. I think the first time I saw it, I probably appreciated what he was doing. I mean, I don't know which. I just named two James Cameron movies. Yeah. He's 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 really just he's just very savvy. Sure. He's able to manipulate markets. And he's just smart about it when people bet against him. I don't know. He's just he just has a, a great mind for that sort of thing because he's made some fantastic stuff that fanboys love because it, it's in their genre. Well, Alien sci-fi is just a, just a favorite of so many. He's people. made a couple of awesome action films. He's made a couple of great sci-fi films. You know, and then he just and then he's like, you know, I'm going to make some other stuff, and it's going to be you know, horrendous crap. But, <laughs> but, but that's my subjective opinion. He made yeah, tons of money. In a hundred years from now, you know, someone might look back and and there might be some poll that rates Titanic one of the best movies ever made. I don't know. There'll be no arguing with the sort of achievements of those That's two the movies. Thing. I think though that there are outliers in everything, and the Transformer spore making that much money is an outlier. Yeah, it's because there's toys. It's because there's video games. It's because you you the, the movies are grouped so close together. You look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, the first one was like almost a positive score, and they just went down from there. So if there was a five-year-old kid who saw the first one, who's now 15 or whatever, and of course of course, it's going to make money. Right. Of course it's going to make money. You, you it's like any, cigarettes. It's got, it got them young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you can count stuff like that. Well, I mean, you can count it, but you can understand it. You can rationalize it. Like you can rationalize yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's a purpose there. There's a value. And you're right, it might be a whole just different... I mean, the whole idea of like theaters almost saying, like, oh, we're going to make it 
like during these screenings it's okay to text or whatever like this uh, the mentality of maybe younger people that are going if that's the audience for a theater which primarily is it's not older people um wait what are you saying is this a real thing i think so theaters are starting to get like what like, what are you talking about where'd you hear this i've just heard it talked about on podcasts you talked about on podcasts yeah. which podcast the film junk one talked oh, the a film bit about one it. They talked about it. Yeah, what are you getting all weird about? Like, like this. You, 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 I, I just I read something recently where where well, uh, there's the other side too where they, they want to charge you about, more for not having. No, for they were talking about how how it was interesting that in any standard movie theater they're they're actually ramping up the commercials before the thing that tell you don't you dare touch your phone, oh, okay. don't you pull your phone out. Like it's st- like it like they're forcing it on the younger generation at this point. The fact that they would have an alternative where you could pay more to text or whatever. Well, I don't think you even pay more. It might be that you, it's just different times of day or something. But, uh, I mean, the whole idea of you're going to go sit in to watch a movie and then instead you're going to just spend it's it on it's, it's, it's such a flawed argument that, 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 these, that the attention span has gone down because of... Uh, I'm not arguing with that. No, 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 shut up. Shut up. Well, but that's not my argument. So you are you make you make your discussion. My my thing is, the idea that we gotta keep marketing smaller and smaller stuff. I really hated the idea of Twitter. I still mostly do. It's dumb. You should give people more words than 140 characters. This, but like the idea that it's, it's because of attention spans, you gotta do things smaller and tighter and more concise and shorter and shorter. shorter, shorter, shorter. But movies that are coming out are still two hours long. Yeah, they they're are still long. two and a half hours long. So. The idea that you're going to do this to this generation who only wants to look at their phone and crap like that, but you're going to do that when you throw them in the movie that's two and a half hours long, like Transformers Four, for instance, mm-hmm. it's just so stupid. Like the like the idea, like it, this is coming from brain trusts of people who are idiots. Mm-hmm. They're they're marketers who think they found something that people like when it's probably nothing to do with that. Yeah. That's usually what kids Hollywood, like technology and they like new stuff. Usually, what and if developers is. created something cool that was actually longer form, they might go for it. Who knows? It's possible. I don't I, think I, attention spans. I don't, and that that, that wasn't my statement. My, my whole thing was just more I wasn't about arguing with you. I was saying. Something. I don't. You make a good statement. My whole thing was just this idea of, and I get it. Like I even stuff I like when I'm at home, I'll pause it, go check my email, I'll do something else for a few minutes. I don't like doing that during movies. I hate it. I don't really either. For even when I'm home. But I, I'll sometimes will. I told you last night. I, uh, when I pay $10 to go see a movie, though, I want to watch the movie. And I don't get that there's a, this newer generation that maybe is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kind of watch the movie. But you're in a theater. You're not home. You know? Here's where I've gotten in my life. I almost started Snowpiercer last night. But I thought, you know what, though? I'm probably going to want to drink a little bit. And then I'm going to fall asleep. I'm pause it. What if I fall asleep? And I don't want to do that anymore in movies. I don't want to. I hear you. I don't want to stop a movie halfway. Don't want to break the effect. Because ever since I was a kid, I've known that if you stop, if you pick up a movie anywhere in it, anywhere in it, it's less good. It's and you come back to it, you feel like it's been broken, and like you're coming back to something episodic when it's not supposed to be like that. You got you got to see it all in one piece. You all can't be pausing all the time. Gosh dang it again! So my thing last night was. I don't really want to do that, so I popped open a drink, and I almost started to play it, and instead I watched like eight episodes of... Uh, Archer? Uh, no, even even older. C-Lab? Uh, C-Lab. <laughs> nice. That, that is, I, I will agree with you, that is my, that's part of why like I, I'll do, like on Saturday nights, like, well, I'll do anime or something, 
Because episodic, you can be like, I'll just watch one. Ah, you know what? I feel like watching another. With a movie, it's a fucking commitment in your life. It's a commitment. I'm going to sit for two or three hours, potentially, and this is what I'm going to watch. And I try not to screw myself on that. Like, I, Mark and I started watching freaking Fright Night on Netflix here, and I still feel bad about the fact that we stopped at the middle. You oh, know? Wow. Yeah, the old one, yeah. Mm. And it's kind of like, like ah, it always feels like a lingering thing, you know? 